0: Here's a nice analogy for you. Let's say I accidentally ran over your foot with my lawnmower and cut your toes off. Mm-hmm. All of your toes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then you got mad and you sued me. Mm-hmm. And I gave you $200,000 mm-hmm. for it. Does that fix your toe problem? No. No, but it's nice. It feels good.
1: No, it doesn't. That's not, my toes are a hell of a lot more than that.
0: I, I'm saying it's nice to get, some, get something out of it it doesn't fix the problem. Because you still don't have any toes. You're still going to fall down a lot.
1: Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin. And let Greeze Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins.
0: Hey folks, welcome back to your football fantasy. We're outside again. I don't hear the birds quite like <whistles> quite like we did last time. I do hear motorcycle sounds in the background. Something'll come through I'm sure. But it sounds a lot better than being out in Studio C, doesn't it?
1: Studio C was great last week, and it sounded good. Everything about that show was great. I think the listeners—did you put any of those things on Twitter? Did did the listeners? Why not?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Did our didn't even occur to me. Did our uh, our long lost um, show participant? Did he have any? Did he did he weigh in at all? I will. He did not. Fucked. What does he bring to the show anymore? Nothing. That's why he's not here. Good God! I will ask.
0: I will ask some of our listeners what they thought of our debates.
1: Why don't we ask the famous Gary Haddow?
0: Yeah, we can ask Gary. Yeah. Gary and I are the close these days. I bet you are. We'll see what he has to say about it. Um, Dweez Nuts here, obviously. Big Wiz here. It was a great
1: show last week, by the way.
0: Obviously. good studio. It was, I it was a good show. Studio sucked, but good show. Uh, that's it for you guys today. We don't have Bullfrog, because <laughs> he just barely exists at this point. Wolfpack's not here. Apparently, he made some. No, his double- wife
1: made the plans. Apparently, he
0: was double booked by his wife. Which, look, let's be honest, that happens in a marriage sometimes, right? Very true. So here we are, just the two of us. We're gonna we're gonna pick up the third person's torch and share it between us, but from a safe social distance of six feet, because coronavirus is real. Just ask those Floridians, huh?
1: No, those Floridians are feeling good right now.
0: Yeah, but you saw what the governor said. Nope. He said, this big spike, it's all just, it's all just the,
1: uh, Hispanic farmers. That's what he said? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that's out, that's not accurate, but okay. Yeah, it's not accurate, but, you know. You know. Floundering,
0: floundering leader of his state.
1: Yeah, he's, she's struggling, um... You would like someone who takes more accountability, and he's not doing a very good job. Meanwhile, the leader of our state seems to have done a really good job with her
0: COVID response.
1: Gretchen, yeah, um, a lot of the data I says think that we parts are of it.
0: one of either two or three, depending on the model you look at, states that is about over it.
1: Well, what she's trying to say with uh, Cuomo over there is that we're we're so we've done such a great job. That's what she's stating.
0: We've, uh, that's what the data
1: shows. We also were terrible for guy knows How long? And she was slow to react then. So I mean, you can make arguments both ways. But yeah, we we're we good. Super, good, super, good right now. Super bad
0: early, but it doesn't matter what you do in the first half if you fix it in the second.
1: <laughs> you come off better that way. I
0: agree. Absolutely. That's how you win fucking games. That's how Belichick wins fucking games. I mean, he cut first half too. was pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. To
0: be honest. Alright, let's hit a little bit of news, and then we got a couple of topics today. Really important topics that we've kind of been waiting for. We'll get there though in a minute.
1: This week in football. A, a discussion with a former cast member on the show about the the pizzas. What? I tend to think Hungry Howie's is the absolute bottom of the barrel that is the worst pizza there is. Hungry Howie's is pretty bad. My wife likes Every
0: time we try to pick a pizza place, um, she just says, let's just do Hungry Howie's. Okay. I don't know why. Neither of us are terrible fans of it. It's fine. It's not good. I don't think it's the worst there is. I would rather have Hungry Howie's than, say,
1: um, like Jets over there. I can't stand Jets pizza. Oh, see, I wouldn't. Like, Jets to me is, is, is the fucking leaps and bounds above Howie's.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't like their, I really don't like their sauce. Like, they're, they're their weird square deep dish crust thing is not very good either, but their sauce to me is gross. Oh, uh, See, I, I think Jets is
1: phenomenally better pizza. How do me. you feel about like a Domino's or a Pizza Hut? Well, I'm going to be honest here. I haven't had Domino's in God knows how long. I haven't. We don't have any around. Yeah, and I haven't had Pizza Hut in a really long time either. See, we've done Pizza Hut a lot because Kay. we have a, a kid
0: in first grade and they do Book It still. Okay. So he's got a lot of coupons coming Is him. it good? It's fine. Gross How does it pizza- compare
1: to Hungry Howie's? Again, I still think Hungry Howie's is a gross pizza.
0: Yeah, it's about the same as Hungry Howie's. The cool. one reason that I think my wife, the cave of excellence, keeps going back to Hungry Howie's is because she's a huge fan of the flavored crust options. I
1: don't I, see, I think that's one of the most overrated things there is. Yeah, I, well that's, I don't think it's that good. But that sets them apart
0: a little bit. So when she's trying to think, I, I don't know. We eat Hungry Howie's a lot. Is it our favorite? No.
1: But I guess my point here is... Uh, I, I'm not very impressed with the state of Michigan's pizza in general, and I thought they, I thought it would be better And my my neighbor, the good doctor, tends to just rave about it, and I just don't know if he, he knows what good pizza is.
0: Well, a couple of things there. One, like when you say Hungry Howie's, that's chain pizza. They're everywhere. Hungry Howie's is not Michigan pizza. Um, neither is Pizza Hut. Oh, no, no. Pizza. I disagree
1: with you. He... Hungry Howies was born in Michigan.
0: It Little might, Caesars
1: is born in Michigan. They
0: might have been born in Michigan, but they are national chains now. You can never expect a national chain pizza place to have consistently good quality. You can have consistently fine quality. Um, consistently what's, quality. what's your
1: stance on Detroit style pizza though? Um yeah, It's I, I think I like it better than I like New York style pizza.
0: Yeah, I'm not a ha- I'm not a fan of
1: New York. Yeah, it grosses me out.
0: It's It's, 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 it's like a
1: wet, soggy fucking pile of shit that you just want to shovel it out. But, but right. I, I've eaten it before, but I still don't think it's good.
0: I mean, you, you need a r- whole roll of paper towels to get the grease off. Correct. It, just to eat the fuck. I
1: don't, I don't understand that.
0: You ever seen uh, the Barstool Sports guy? Mm-hmm. His uh, One Bite Everyone Knows the Rules? Nope. Pizza. So he does this pizza thing where he goes around and he tests all the pizza, grades them on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay. And during this coronavirus thing, he just had pizzas. Delivered. He did frozen pizzas and then all over the nation he, Pizza companies just started shipping in pizzas and stuff. And there's a Detroit pizza, it might even be called Detroit Pizza Company, that uh, was the best pizza that he ranked. Huh. The frozen pizza that they ranked delivered, it was like two-tenths of a point higher than Lumonati's, I believe.
1: See, I'm not a big, I, I think Lumonati's is very overrated.
0: I love it. my shit. I fucking love it. I fucking love it.
1: But I want to hear from our listeners, which pizza they liked. Does that mean you're a Giordano's guy? No, sorry, let me rephrase that. I think Giordano is completely overrated. Oh, thank you. Uh, Luminati's is much better than Giordano. Yes,
0: absolutely. Thank you. Much better. You I, said that right that time.
1: I I don't think Giordano's is. I, I, to me, it's just I don't know. I don't like it that much. I almost got into a fist fight with a girl once over this. Like you were gonna punch her? Well, she was gonna punch me, and oh. I was gonna kick her, <laughs> like
0: Mixon style. But uh... who?
1: Mixon. Mixon. Joe Mixon.
0: No, I was gonna. Remember, he punted her, her. Kicking. She can do it. Oh, oh no, he, he hit he, her. Kareem Hunt is the one. Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, I punted her in the face just like Kareem Hunt. Yeah, what's your favorite pizza? Where do you like pizza from? I, I'll bet our sh- pizza shit fans are going to say fucking
1: Domino's. They can't say Domino's. Like, if, if, if if Hungry Howie's comes close to winning here, I will be upset. Because they haven't thinking. fucking tasted pizza then. Let,
0: let's get to the news. Let's do that. Maybe one of these days what we should do instead of a shot bet is a pizza bet. If uh, I win, you've got to eat a whole hungry Howie's pizza.
1: No, I couldn't do that on the air. I could not eat a whole a whole fucking pizza. Like a small one. I could not, a small one. I could probably do. but, but I, I would do it. I would do it, but I get to pick the toppings too and the flavored crust. Yeah, I guess we could do that sometime.
0: Yeah, I like that idea, so we'll we'll make that happen. I don't know. Maybe today. I think we might see a better two coming out of today's show. Um, news, though. News. News. What are you most excited about seeing? when both the Chargers and the Rams uh hit the Hard Knocks screen this year. I know you don't like hard knocks. I don't like hard knocks in general. For
1: and for pretending I did, I guess I like the fact that there that there's two teams instead of one, and that it seems like more information. Um I'm more intrigued with the Rams. The Chargers don't in- intrigue me at all. tyrod Taylor still is there is there, I rock. Is there a quarterback? Ugh Ugh Ugh, ugh. Um uh, the Rams intrigue me. Uh, I, I like to see where the Rams get to this year, offensively.
0: I am interested in the Chargers quarterback situation. So one of the things that I think is most fascinating, remember that I got my, my graduate degree in leadership, is how different quarterbacks take, you know that is? take leadership of their of their teams, take charge of their teams, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of different ways to do it, and I want to see how both Tyrod Taylor and maybe even Justin Herbert, to a degree, come out and try try to kind of insert themselves in that position—a position where, look, the Chargers have had one leader for how long now? For 15 twenty years. years. So this—that's to me—is is a really interesting
1: thing to see how that goes. But yeah, two teams. Uh, see, I, I think that to me, when I say the Rams, let me get specific a little bit. Is that Jared Goff's your quarterback? They just lost Gurley, so they have three players. Vying for that starting running back spot, you don't know which one. I sure. think there's a lot of different ideas. They just Brandon Cooks just got shipped out. You have Cooper Cup, who who's a good consistent receiver, but he's not flashy. I, I my assumption is that Woods comes in there, but they just drafted another receiver, Jefferson Van yep. Jefferson. Yeah. And then you have uh, Gerald Everett, who who somehow steals snaps away from the who I think is a very good tight end, Tyler Higby.
0: Yeah, a lot going on. Now we've seen Jared Goff on Hard Knocks before. His rookie season under Jeff Fisher. Not impressive. He was not, wildly unimpressive. Um, good show. I like the show. I don't know why you don't like the show, but... Uh, you know what I
1: do like is that you idiots all get infatuated with the random shit you hear, and you either get all behind one player, or you guys don't. That, the wild swings do intrigue me. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's hard. The hard knock bump is real. Oh, I know it is. It's real. Because fools like you. And, I mean, I don't buy the hard knock bump. We talk about it on the show, but I don't buy into it. Oh, you've, you
1: two completely do.
0: Well, tell me which brown I went and picked up last season. Or was it two years ago? I don't
1: know. No, it was a Browns last wasn't it? Which brown, brown did I go
0: run and pick up last Kareem season? did Hunt.
1: I didn't we have traded cr- for Cream Hunt.
0: Yeah, he wasn't on hard knocks. He was suspended. <laughs> he did not get a hard <laughs> knocks bump. Come on. Um, TJ Hawkinson. Not 100 percent yet. Ankle injury that he sustained, I believe, in the season. Um, they don't really know when he's going to be. None of these guys that are injured, and we're going this is gonna be a theme, I think, right now. We don't have any kind of timeline on any of them because maybe because they haven't been uh, seeing doctors on the team, maybe because they haven't been in full rehab mode yet in the facilities. But uh, we just we haven't heard anything on Hawkinson yet, right? We haven't heard a lot about Hawkinson other than he's not there yet. Now. There is no doubt that T.J. Hawkinson is one of these young tight ends that has a really high ceiling. How low will his floor be here in year two? Probably lower than you'd like. But if you're drafting a tight end, the second tight end is a ceiling. Prior to the news coming out that he's not injured, Hawkinson was somebody that should have probably been on your target list. Well, he wasn't top ten, right? He was not. He was not top ten. But he, if again, if you're going with, with it. second guy and you want a guy that has potential ceiling. Um, but when you see somebody who's, hey, I'm, I'm not 100%, I'm still recovering from, from an injury, like an ankle injury, and you're a pass catcher, does that slow you down, even though it's, we're still plenty of time away, or you're just like, you know what, everybody they're
1: going to do their job, he's going to be fine by then? Honestly, you're probably dra- drafting Hawkinson as your number two tight end. I mean, real. I mean, pr- very likely you're doing that. I you in, If my number two tight end, I'm just drafting on, on, on pure his ability, The hope and that the prayer that this guy's gonna have a super high ceiling, I would take the chance without a doubt. Take the chance.
0: Okay, here's another guy. No timetable yet for his injury. It's Alshon Jeffrey. Had that Liz Frank injury at the end of last season. Um, So many new names in this on this team, right? Like I did go out and draft Alshon Jeffrey, I think, in the 23rd round of one of my dynasty leagues because how do you not with a value like that even with new guys coming in jeffrey's whenever he's on the field pretty consistent but who's who's worth a uh, who's worth owning on this team is it the young guys do we take a flyer on somebody like jeffrey still or deshaun jackson for that matter or are you just kind of over these old guys injury or no injury are you a rager fan at this point a josh a john hightower fan or are you are you in the camp of like Let's take the value on these guys that are not yet
1: retired, even though they've got one foot in the grid. Well, the fucked up thing here with Jeffrey to me is they've said that there's no timetable. No timetable. The average return takes such a long time there. He's flirting with the, the PUP list already. Yes. Uh, which is not good. Yeah, it made me
0: feel bad about my
1: draft. I don't know. To me, I think the interesting thing here is Elson Jeffrey on the field, Carson Wentz puts up like 2.4 TDs per game. Nelson and Jeffrey not in the field, it's like 1.8 or one point I mean, there's a huge swing yeah. because of what his his red zone presence. Um I mean what what Jeffrey tells me is that I like Ertz, I like Goddard a little bit more. Both those guys are drafted, both those guys startable on a week in, week out basis. Yeah, you like Rager, but I I mean, you tell me. It was two years ago when you were when you were champ chanting the the Nelson Aguilar
0: yeah. bandwagon. Yeah.
1: Even then, the receivers just haven't put up a huge amount of points. Right after the yeah. Super Bowl, right after the Super Bowl, the receivers just aren't putting up points. Yeah, and they tried
0: with Aguilar. He had what fifteen fucking catches in that first game for eight, for forty four yards. He had less than that. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, so they're 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 trying to find somebody, and I don't know if you throw the boat, throw the flyer at, at somebody to see if it's the guy or what. I, they're bringing all I can't in all believe the
1: I can't believe you'd buy into Jackson though, because of this. I, I think yeah you can buy into. Rager because of what he might be, but but to me this is this is all about Ertz and and, and Goddard.
0: Fair enough. Maybe Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, dumped down.
0: I think he's going to pe- catch a lot of passes this year.
1: What's well, about Miles Sanders here? at Your last bit of news.
0: In my last bit of news, yeah, oh yeah, we will a little bit, won't we? Debo Samuel. Before we get there, just broke his foot in training. Speaking of no timetable, uh, we don't really have a, a timetable. Exactly. The well, esti- doctor's estimate with that kind of injury, he's probably gonna be back early in the season, might miss a game or two in there. This yeah. is this is bad news. Should be back
1: by like should be back start of of, of week one. So it, so he's probably not going to play week one, maybe not week right, two.
0: Right. Big news, right? Debo Samuel coming off a great second half of his rookie season. This off season after your rookie season is the time where you really get it clicking with your quarterback, with your offense. Carry that momentum through the postseason where Debo went fucking apeshit in the postseason last year. But he's not going to have any of that. Now, they also bring in a whole bunch of new guys on this team. Um, well, Ayuk anyway, on this team. They also drafted Juwan Jennings on this team. <laughs> Kendrick Bourne still here. Jalen Hurd. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon, a pass catcher. What?
1: Don't you forget Dante Pettis.
0: Yeah, okay. Dante Pettis. George <laughs> Kittle. Who's getting the bump? Because Debo Samuel was getting... 14-15 touches a game in the postseason last year. And you had to imagine that was at least part of the game plan going in. I
1: think there's two things here I want to say. One is Debo Samuel is the first wide receiver. I think he has the most most yards by a rookie wide receiver, and that includes Jerry Rice in this franchise. Yes. Yeah, That's that, what he did. That includes rushing yards. It's not receiving Every, yards. Correct, it's everything. Um, the second thing I'd like to say is, is Gary out. If I knew this last week, I would have absolutely won this whole fucking debate. I just want to state that. So, like, I, I want to hear your feedback on this. So, you're all about Kittle. You're all about um, Kittle. Here. Absolutely about Kittle. There's no other fucking receiver here that's even close. Yes, I think Kendrick Bourne gets a, a gets a a bump. So does So does Heard. Um, does, but I think, I think the problem here, Kendrick Bourne and these weird, and even Trent Taylor and probably Heard and even Pettis for that matter, Ayuk is going to have a hard time overcoming all of these guys. I, I think. Shanahan's offense is, is not built around that. I also think they're going to run the ball and, and, and go back to Kittle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ayuk's going to have a hard time getting through. Plus, what he does is not what the offense does. We talked about that. Bullfrog talked about that. Um, but the bottom line is, like, with Samuel out, Kendrick Bourne is already starting opposite of Debo Samuel. Somebody has to take all the offseason reps on the other side. Yep. We hope it's Jalen Hurd. We traded for Jalen Hurd. This may, maybe Ayuk wins that spot sometime during camp. I don't know. A situation to watch. Um, maybe it, they just run the ball a whole lot more instead, which they—that certainly is on
1: the table. You know, it's someone's still going to be in the field, and you're willing to take the chance with them. It's probably—if I had to—if I had to guess right now, my guess would be Pettis, followed by Hurd. Pettis is
0: worthless. No, no I, I. Pettis wants to make the 53-man roster. Oh, I guarantee he does. Um, this. Uh, Richie James also broke his hand by uh, wrist. By the way, another receiver. On this team, obviously a depth receiver on this. Richie team. Richie James, I don't even know he's on a team still. Trey
1: Taylor's coming back though.
0: He is, but there's just another one gone. Richie James, another one gone. Two I don't guys, think those
1: names, names matter as much. I think it's more about a system. Um, sure. So that's why you're seeing like guys like Kendrick Bourne do okay. I, I'm interested in what Hurd does.
0: I hope Hurd does something. Colby Parkinson broke his foot. Now he's a rookie tight end, and we don't normally talk about rookie tight ends, but he's a rookie tight end in Seattle. Seattle's tight end options right now are Greg Olson, who's about as old as we are, and Will Disley, who is, you know, two hits away from breaking something, breaking a hip again. Don't forget about Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister's a fullback. He's a failed tight end experiment on that team. I don't think, obviously, I don't think Colby Parkinson had a role this year, but he is a tight end in Dynasty that I'm really interested in picking up really late, maybe even free, because I think in a year or two, this guy has an opportunity to do something. Obviously, a broken foot going into his first offseason. Not great. I don't know why these people would be breaking their feet, but whatever. Zeke Elliott and several Cowboys and Texans players, COVID-positive. Club? In the very beginning of the lockdown in March, Dak and Zeke threw a big-ass party. Yeah, remember that. And, and nobody got sick. I'm assuming they just threw four or five more after that and just kept doing it. And eventually they invited somebody who was sick. The crazy thing here is this.
1: How old is Zeke? Zeke's 24? Maybe
0: 24, 25.
1: The the crazy thing is this. He's got no responsibilities, millions of dollars. What the fuck do you expect? Does he not got a family? I don't know. I'm sure he's got kids, but... Four or five kids? Those are responsibilities.
0: (laughs) For Zeke, it is not. This is the crazy thing. The day that this news came out, uh, 24 hours later, Tony Pollard's ADP has gone had gone up an entire round. From what, 19 to 18? Yeah, not not high. I mean, no, Tony Pollard is a relatively high highly selected handcuff still. I'm like, why? Because you think he's going to die? Yeah, he's not going Either to Either he's going to die or he's going to be fine.
1: I'm, I'm quite positive someone like Zeke is uh, in phenomenal shape. I'm not worried about it. Probably going to be okay. Yes.
0: This is big news. It's not about a fantasy player. But it has fantasy impact. Absolutely, Uh, the Eagles guard Brandon Brooks tore his ACL working out. I think just doing some sprints or something. Going to miss the entire season. Look, the the Eagles offensive line didn't necessarily rank as highly as you might have expected it to last year, but they had three Pro Bowlers all on the right side of that line. This is one of the best lines coming into this year. The whole, not the whole unit, but
1: Brooks plays left guard.
0: He plays right guard. For the most part, the unit was still in place. They had Their left tackle only started four or five games last season, but was a starter at some point last season going into this whole thing. But He's
1: one of the best guards in the game. He's
0: one of the best guards in the game, right? I think PFF ranked him last year the number three guard in football. So so that's got to be a concern
1: for the team in general, but for the run game specifically. Well, I think it hurts his entire team a ton. Has to. I mean, let's talk about what, what 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 did we see last year when Jonah Williams went out in Cincinnati? Bad news. Bad news. Same thing that happened in, in Atlanta when, when Matt Ryan loses his entire offensive line. Yes. These yes, the it, it's not a, a name that you're going to talk about from a fantasy standpoint, but it has huge impact. Um I think that it hurts Sanders to me a lot. I think
0: part of the saving grace here for this team is that There's no saving grace. Um fucks his name. They're center. I can't think of his name right now, but their center is 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 probably top two best centers in football, specifically run blocking centers. He probably looks
1: real good when he's playing next to number three. It, fucking guard. He
0: he might, but 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 I think there's some potential saving grace. I don't know what they've got depth wise on this line, but that's gonna hurt. That is gonna hurt the team. You're not wrong. It's gonna hurt the team. Um, that was one of their best attributes coming into this season. More an underrated unit, but a really really good unit. That's a that's a big piece.
1: Does this make you want to stay away from Miles Sanders?
0: I'm not staying away from Miles Sanders for a couple of reasons. One, you know how, how how much I believe in the talent of Miles Sanders. There is still pieces on this line. It's not like he was the lone standout player on this line. He was bookended by two
1: pro bowlers, remember. Yeah, but he may have been the best one. You you can argue that oh, actually it was, it, was, it was the center. It may have been him. I don't know. Yeah, it, we won't know. You're right. It might have been. Um, but
0: I, I'm not staying away from Miles Sanders. There people that are paying attention— might lower him, and I might lower him a little bit in my rankings. Uh, but I think Miles Sanders is going to have, I in my projections, I gave him a lot of re- pass catching work sure. this season. Um, so, so that bumped him up a little bit in my rankings. I like Miles Sanders. I don't love him. He's never been
1: an RB one for me. Here's the problem that He's that I
0: have top end too. Here's the problem I have
1: with it. Sanders though. Is is you're right. I like his talent. I like I, I like things. But I like the offense except for this. You start losing Elshamji Jeffrey. You start losing any any wide receiver that that, that that as a threat. Yes, you have those two two tight ends. You now you lose a guard, and he was already going in round three. Yeah, I have a problem taking Miles Sanders with that much with that that much negativity going against him already are, in round three.
0: But you're not mentioning that they're bringing new pieces into this offense.
1: You can't to- replace a Brandon books.
0: No, I'm one not for talking, one. I'm, I'm, but you say that we're leaving losing old receivers. They bring in two new receivers this year, not just Jalen Rager, who a lot of people think are really is really pro ready now. They bring in John Hightower to do some of the same options John
1: Hightower is not El Sean Jefferson. Not
0: yet, he's not.
1: And he's not who going knows? to be this year.
0: Who knows? Neither is Deshaun
1: the Jackson.
0: They bring in a new running back. They bring in Jalen Hurts to do a very specific thing and diversify the way that the offense runs. So like it's not a dying offense, okay? Oh, no, no, I don't
1: want you to think that. I'm just saying It that came that off I have that way concerns. a little bit
0: when you said that. Yeah, there. It's, it's valuable to have concerns here for Miles Sanders specifically.
1: I still like Miles Sanders. I'm just saying I have a hard time going in the third round. I mean, he's going in the third round right now. I have a hard time picking up. I'll tell you what,
0: the guard is a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal.
1: I'm gonna say you start adding these things up and it start it starts it's knocking away at him. Eventually,
0: yes, it'll knock it knock him down. It'll knock him down in my rankings a little bit for sure. But uh, I th- I still think he's a solid RB two. He's a solid middle to top end RB two for me.
1: I would be happy to take him in the fourth round. With that I have a hard time in yeah. the third round. With that
0: yeah, that's about the fo- about the fourth round is where I'd put him mid mid. I don't mid, think you'll get
1: him there. It, it, yeah, is is the problem?
0: Not. Probably, probably not. All right.
1: Big Whiz and his stat of the week. Can you name this quarterback, which quarterback as a rookie has the most touchdowns ever in a single season? Most touchdowns in a rookie? Was it Cam Newton? Nope.
0: you're just talking about passing touchdowns?
1: Passing touchdowns. This quarterback stands alone at the top of the all rookies with the most TDs at 27 TDs, passing touchdowns. In a single season, beating your Peyton Manning.
0: Was it
1: Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson is number two on that list, also tied with Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah. But oh, was it? Was it your boy Baker? It was, yeah, it was at
1: 2017.
0: I Actually, did know that he. I, I knew now. Now that I say it, I knew that. But Baker to, is so off my radar as a quarterback. And who did
1: he take football. over in week three? Who
0: was it? Was it Tyrod Taylor starting there? was
1: Tyrod? There? Yeah. Nice job, buddy.
0: Tyrod Taylor. Baker is so far off my radar that he might as well not be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, to me it's very interesting how, how a guy who, who was so promising his rookie season in, in 13 games, was he was he quarterback in 30 last year? So bad. He I mean, was awful. So bad. Terrible. But yes, he's back on this list.
0: All right. All right, let's move off the stat of the week here. We're going to jump into our content for the week, the feature content for the week. Uh, and uh, we've got two things coming for you guys today. We're going to end the show with our top 20 quarterback rankings. It's our consensus rankings between me, the big whiz, and Wolfpack, who's not here to defend his stuff, blame his wife. But before we get there, we're going to start the thing that I think you and I have been most excited about uh, coming up to over the past at least month or so. We've talked about it several times over the past month. Every offseason is my favorite thing to research and listeners, it is literally the most important thing we will talk about this entire off season. So stop what you're doing, pull out of your lady, grab a notepad and a pencil. You're going to want to write this shit down. It's time to dive into some coaching changes in the NFL.
1: Well, for that reason, I wanted to wait until like July and August, but that, got, that became too late is the problem.
0: Yeah, we got a lot. Well, there's not. That many, but we're spreading it out over the course of several episodes. We're not going to do all the coaching changes, but all it's at once. so damn important. And, and you're going to so you're going
1: to you're going to hear us refer back to these things for for throughout the entire off season,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So let's start in the AFC. We're going to go division by division here. Not as many coaching changes this year as there were last year, but I think there are some big ones that really need to be discussed. I mean, there's no, there's no Cliff Kingsbury, which was, like, everybody's favorite talking point last year. but Ryan Gosling. But, but there's close. Matt Stefanski's close. We're not there yet. We're going to start with the AFC South and the AFC East today because there was only one change. All we're hitting you with are head coaching changes and offensive coordinator changes because those are the two that have the biggest impact in fantasy football. So only two in these two, one, one in each of these two divisions. I think Wiz is going to start us off with our team from the AFC South.
1: FC South, the coaching change includes the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator. It is the revitalized Jay Gruden, brother of Nuts' boyfriend John Gruden. So bad. Jay Gruden, folks, um, the last six seasons, he lasted six seasons as the head coach in Washington. It's surprising because they've not been good. I think they were okay in the beginning. Well, they were okay in the beginning because Kirk Cousins built a career yes. with that. Um, so uh, prior to that, he was the the offensive coordinator in the Bengals. If you guys recall, during 2011 and 2013, that's when they were making the playoffs under Marvin Lewis. Um, that's the whole. That's why he got his opportunity as the offensive coordinator in the Bengals, folks. With Andy Dalton. Let me repeat: Andy Dalton. Red rifle.
0: Points.
1: Points. His rankings per points. Okay. Points in the NFL compared to where the rest of the team's finished we're 13, 10, and 4. So that's two top 10 finishes in all three of those seasons. He was top half of the league. Solid. That's with Andy Dalton, man. <clears throat> Dalton was slinging it for a while there. Yeah, the Red Rocket. That's what he got his name, the Red Rocket.
0: Red Rifle, but okay.
1: The West. He runs a West Coast offense, folks. It's quick reads, three-step drops, and play action. Quick decisions, quick throws to running backs and tight ends. Keep in mind, because we'll talk about that later. Look for efficient quarterback play. He's going to be getting Gardner out of the pocket. That's what Gardner
0: loves. Out loves being out of the pocket. He likes
1: it. You. He's got he he he's mobile quarterback. Something that I think the Arsenal Bears should be doing better because Mitchell clearly can't read defenses. So what do you do? If you, you have to you have to get him out of the pocket and let him use his legs. Yes. Well, Jay Gruden does that, folks. Um, his OC tendency as the offensive corner tendency. He's more committed to the run than the pass. Would you have guessed that? Um, I would not have guessed You that. never would have guessed it, but I'm going to right. some really important stats here. Though it did not result in more running back stats. His running backs didn't put up big numbers. He just was committed to the fucking run. He, His rushing, he 67 percentile in attempts, okay? Top third in, in, in attempts in terms of how many times he's giving them the ball, only 49 percentile in rushing TDs. Okay, ah. bottom, bottom half in total TDs rushing the ball, but he's committed to the run. He uses that run. He's passing, he's only 15 percentile in attempts. Not very much. Yet, his quarterback's passing TDs, 79th percentile.
0: So it says in the red zone, he changes his game plan.
1: What it tells you is, yeah, he uses that run and he grounds and... I should say he grounds and pounces. He doesn't do that. But what he does is he, he uses the run effectively, and then he opens up the pass consistently. Definitely in the red zone, he is not running the ball. Yeah. Um,
0: That's fascinating.
1: It's intriguing. Tell me... It tells you is that... We'll talk about these players quickly, but but Minshew is a especially as people keep getting more and more in the superflex, he he is a serious person that you should be talking about so coming up here.
0: This is the thing that really intrigues me. There, so the biggest issue the Jacksonville Jaguars had last year as a team, and this stat blew my mind when I figured it out as I was putting my tables together, as an entire team, three rushing touchdowns last yeah, year. Yeah, terrible. Probably not going to be a huge bump.
1: At we'll, least, we'll talk about that. At
0: least, not for for net. It sounds like he
1: should become close to double. He should get
0: yes. He'll get more because he can't not have. Yeah, he can't more. have more. But we shouldn't expect him N- in or 10. Yourself. You won't
1: see him in nine or ten. That that's that Even is a huge difference. Even if he gets
0: difference. a ton of carries, nope, is not going to be red zone carries because it won't be red zone.
1: We just talked about that. That's all. That's fascinating. Um, he uses the run and short pass, to open up deep targets. He pushes the ball down the field. We, that that was it. We, But through the use of, the, of of play action, Gardner will be playable. I just talked about that. He had success with Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins got that massive contract because of his work with Jay Gruden. That's right. Okay? Um, LaVisca Chenault should become relevant. And I say don't become overexcited here because it might not happen this year, or it might be the second half of the season or the last quarter of the season where he's being used effectively, but I think he will become eventually there. We talk about this. The West Coast, in slants, quick throws, that's where LaVisca Chenault is good at. Taking the ball to the house. Um, here's the downside. Rookie wide receivers tend to struggle in the West Coast offense. It's, it's hard to learn.
0: A lot of, lot of pieces. A lot of moving pieces.
1: DJ Shark should be good. Pieces. Okay? We talked about, again, pushing pushing the ball down the field and red zone targets. I like that. Leonard. Leonard Fournette, folks. He had 76 receptions in 2019. It, there's, it's not going to be repeated to that degree. Yeah, he had but,
0: 100 targets, fuck's
1: sake. But he'll be used in the passing game. Okay. Don't, don't forget about that, okay? Um... Don't look for huge numbers out of the running back because he only had three rushing TDs last year. We just talked about this, but in Cincy, the Cincy as the offensive coordinator here, he had 10 rushing t- TDs, 11 rushing TDs, and 14 rushing TDs. Here's the problem. The lead rusher always had at least six TDs, always had six TDs, but not very much more than that, okay? Said 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 Benson, he's now dead, but he had six TDs there and seven TDs. Is Cedric Benson dead? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, killed. Oh, Jesus. Former bear player. Ben, ben Jarvis Green-Ellis? Who? Exactly exactly my point here, folks, is that Leonard will be good. He's just not going to be great. He finished number nine running back last year. He'll probably finish as high as eight, as low as 15, but in that same tier, tierish. ish um, I like DJ Shark. DJ Shark should be good again.
0: Let me ask you about some other receivers on this team. I know you mentioned LaVisca Chenault, the yeah. rookie, coming in here, but Didi Westbrook's still here. He's the slot guy. Is that something that we should be looking at? Didi Westbrook maybe early in the season before Chenault comes on on the outside and does some work. Chris Conley's the other outside starter who's who'd had some relative success, but he's obviously not going to – doesn't seem long for the job if Chenault doesn't fuck up in his rookie season.
1: I just don't think either of those guys are, are good enough to build, to that you can re- repeatedly start. Right. Um, to me, you're talking about maybe and win in weird best ball league, but uh, I, I can't. I would not recommend picking them. I mean, it, it sounds a little. The, thing that I'll probably do is take D.
0: E. Westbrook right now and bump him a little bit in my ranking. Sure, just because he's as a slot guy, he'll probably get some of that quick stuff. And you mentioned, you mentioned um, they like to go deep. They like to run that play action go deep. That's a DJ Shark game. Hundred percent
1: is. So that's a, not a and bad. And G Shark a, a good option in the red zone here. Other thing here is the tight end position. Pay attention to this. Eifert is down there. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, not bad. In in O'Shaughnessy, I think is 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 it one of the backup tight ends. But remember, remember Gresham. Yeah. He he, he had times when he had a ninety some targets with Jay Gruden.
0: I mean, I remember Jordan, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. All these guys were were productive as hell.
1: Correct. So when we talk about that, that West Coast offense, when he dumps the ball off to, to the running back, he dumps the ball off to that tight end and those slant, whatever it is. These guys should be relevant. To me, I recommend Gar- Gardner Minshew more than anyone. Um, in that, I think there's so much value behind that tight end position.
0: I've been looking at Eifert late in some of these leagues. His injury history is a concern, so he certainly better not be your only tight end, your first tight end. But You shouldn't be
1: your first end, but again, your second tight end, your third.
0: That's that ceiling. You got Correct. that ceiling that we talked about with... Uh... Whoever the fuck, I don't remember who we talked about an hour ago. Well, it was uh, Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson. But
1: I think Jay Gruden's a good. He, he's a good offensive coordinator. He has a good. Again, he runs a good offense, and he's going to put up points. And I think for that reason, he, the names we just gave you fantasy relevant.
0: Very good. Very good. See, this is why you listen to this shit because it's the scheme more than anything that tells you what's going to happen on a team. And and he has some.
1: He's been doing it long enough that he's got some pretty clear. What what, what team won the most in the, in the NFL? Over the last twenty years, I have no idea. Oh, well, well, the Packers? It would be the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Um, twenty. It, years? It, it, we about, yeah, they won the first Super Bowl in two thousand one ish. Yeah. It was, God, it is two thousand twenty. <laughs> <Green. laughs> right. Um, but it, like we talked about before, it's all about that scheme. It's all about that coach. Everything. I mean, they're, not taking anything away from Brady, but it was so much about everything else that's going on on that team. I I think Jay Gruden. I don't I don't think Doug Marone's a great coach here, but I think Jay Gruden will, will put will put up points, and that's what you want. And keep in mind. They don't have the same defense they did four years ago. Yeah. They don't have it. Not it's gone. A,
0: mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move on now. We're going to go to the AFC East. I'm going to take over. We're talking Miami Dolphins here. The Good Doctors hometown team. New offensive coordinator in Miami is Chan Gailey. There's a name. That, I feel like he just... He, look, Chan Gailey started coaching in the NFL, mind you, after <laughs> years in high school and college in 1989. He retired from football in 2016 after a couple of years with the Jets. This is an old fucking dude. I, and, and He's uh, been around forever. He has been on so many teams. He's an old dude, and he's an old school dude, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, I, I take it back. 1985 is when he started coaching in the NFL. I think he started as a tight end coach, uh, wide receiver coach. Were you
1: five years old then?
0: Something like that. I was four years old. At the beginning of the season. I was three years old at the beginning of that season, 1980. It was a good season in the NFL.
1: It was. The Bears won.
0: Um, this is going to be his eighth either offensive coordinator or head coach job in the NFL. Okay? Eighth job. with a, it, eighth di- well, It's not his eighth difference team. It's his seventh. He's been in with the Dolphins once before in 2000 and 2001. The concerning thing here when you just start looking at this and just start looking at his history is only one of those jobs that he's had did he keep for more than two years?
1: No, before you go, how many times was he head coach? Just just with the Bills? I want to say
0: one more time he was a head coach for a year. Sanf- I don't I would have to go I, I don't have my notebook.
1: Who was the Jacksonville Jaguars when they was at Coughlin when they went to the AFC championship as like the, the expansion team?
0: Yeah. Way back.
1: Was yeah. that was that Chin or, or no, I don't think so. was he on the Panthers? Look it up while I Cal- talk.
0: Um So the only time he's had a job for more than two years was when he was the Bills head coach. That was three years, and I put that more on the whole give a head coach three years than anything. So it's a little concerning right out of the gates. Maybe Chan Gailey's not that good a coach. Can't really keep a job in the NFL. Bounced back and forth to college I think once or twice in his very long career. But throw all that out, okay? Whether he's a good coach or not, whatever. He has some
1: pretty clear tendencies. He has a long history. What would you learn? Uh, He was head coach of the Dallas Cowboys from ninety eight to ninety nine. That's it, the Cowboys. And the Bills from 2010 to 2012. Yes,
0: I knew it was one other team, and when I saw it, it was surprising because I just didn't think the Cowboys had very many coaches over my lifetime, but it is what it is. He he was there. Um, So concerning, but he has some very clear tendencies. He's been doing it long enough. For our purposes, I only used the years that he was an offensive coordinator. I ignored his head coaching jobs just because you don't know how much that has to do with the the uh, oc instead of the head coach so if we just look at his oc roles which he's taking over in miami today look six out of the nine years he did it six of those years top 10 in rushing attempts in the league three times he was top three in rushing attempts in the league he's an old school coach started coaching in 1985 damn it what did nfl teams do in 1985 can
1: you stop right now yes this is the problem, is you should have gave us the stats while we were drafting our fantasy team, we probably would have taken Howard over. Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> okay. Wait. Right. We'll get there.
0: Um they were top three in three different years. One year he was had the number one rushing offense. I believe that was with Pittsburgh in ninety five or six. In uh six six times out of nine years as offensive coordinator, bottom ten in pass attempts. Three times bottom three, and those no, they were not the same years that that team was top three in rushing attempts. So it it does, it's it's not a seesaw, right? He just doesn't like to pass the ball very much. Interestingly, much like uh, what you told us about uh, whoever the fuck you were talking about, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden, when he comes into the red zone, some of his tendencies change a little bit. Those things level out. He's usually right around 12 to 15 in both passing and rushing attempts in the red zone. Likes to really um, even things up. Part of the reason I think that is in the red zone is he does like misdirection a lot. He likes to try to fool defenses, um, even if he's just running the ball time and time again. So in his time, nine years as coordinator, his lead rusher, the leading running back on that team went for over 1,000 yards in six different seasons. One of the seasons that the rusher did not go over 1,000 was in 2016 uh, with the Jets. Matt Forte and Bilal Powell split carries evenly. Combi- they had 800 and 600 or 700 something. They had 1,500 rushing yards between them, but neither of them hit 1,000. Point is, running backs that get feature roles uh, on, on these guys, this guy's teams, do well. Chan Gailey's running backs are worthy of putting on your fantasy team. When when you say worthy, they get, they, they produce yards. They produce yards. And, and I think the average dating back to 1989, the first time he was a coordinator was something like 27 receptions for that lead back as well. So it's not a huge throw into the back. Not a huge dump down on how offense, is this guy
1: last in the league is my kind of question he, if he's only lasted two years everywhere why
0: why is he i i don't I don't know. a lot of the teams that he's been a coordinator on have a lot of wins in the seasons he was on it's these teams as well, but I mean it is what it is he just he gets fired first maybe he's got a tough personality to get along with only twice did did his offenses pass more than they ran. The first time was in 1989. John Elway was the coach of the Denver or the quarterback of the Denver Broncos that year, so not a terrible surprise that he threw the ball a lot. The other one's a little bit weird. He was a one-year coordinator in Kansas City. Quarterback was Jay Fiedler. Oh, Jay. And he, and he had he had more pass attempts, Jay Fiedler, than did the running back have rush attempts. That running back was Larry Johnson, who was a fucking stud for a short period of time. Jay Fiedler's of the Chiefs. Jay Fiedler. Was, a quarter, was the quarterback for the Chiefs for two years.
1: Woo! Yes, yes.
0: I don't think he had 14 maybe games,
1: 12 wow, games. Wow, I would not have known that.
0: But yeah, so those are the two weird years where they threw the ball more than they passed the ball. Every other year, it wasn't even close. So that tells you, hey, let's so, consider Let's can,
1: consider the rushing game Can, can we year. stop there? Yeah. Last year we talked about this, it was Greg Roman, who you came yeah. out and said very similar stats. How, uh, how All he does is commit to that run. And what happened in Baltimore? All they did was fucking run the yes, ball. that's right. Everyone on the team ran the ball. Everybody on the team ran the ball, yes. So uh, is that what you're saying in Miami?
0: I'm saying you can expect this team to run the ball an awful lot. At the end of the season, last season, when Miami's offense started clicking, they started clicking because they were airing it out. They were not yep. running the ball. Agreed. In fact, all season last year, they struggled to find somebody who could run the ball for them, which is why they've, they've gone out and picked up some, some new running backs to take care of that. But I don't expect what we saw at the end. So uh, – What I've heard from a lot of people is, hey, go get Mike Gesicki, because when they started finally airing it out, Mike Gesicki looked awesome. But I don't think that's coming for the Dolphins, at least to begin this season, under Chan Gailey. That's not the kind of offense he runs. He doesn't like to throw the ball. He would prefer to run the ball uh, more often than not. I will say that he does, when he's throwing the ball, often run three or four wide receiver sets. He runs 11 and 10 personnel Quite a lot. Now, what that simply means is the first number is how many running backs are on the field. The second number is how many tight ends are on the field. So if it's a 10 personnel, there's no tight ends. Tight ends under under this guy's offense don't see the field as often as they should. If you take out the Tony Gonzalez here in Kansas City, um, we're looking at a 30% snap share average for the tight ends. At least since they've it been be honest, You can argue is the best tight end ever. Yeah, so so that's why we throw that one out, right? The, he hasn't had a lot of big names in the other, the other teams that he's been on, but they don't see the field. In almost every year that you can go back and look, there are three or four wide receivers that have a higher snap share than the first tight end. So a little bit concerning for me for Mike Kosicki. Should be a little bit concerning for some of the people, the Mike Kosicki truthers that are coming out of the woodwork this offseason. Um, he does like to stretch the field, but it's not a vertical stretch. He doesn't like to throw it deep. He likes to stretch the field with motions and a lot of horizontal routes. So we got crossing routes. We got out, out routes all over the field um, within that first 12 to 15 yards. Now, when I think of the two wide receivers that people are drafting on the Dolphins right now, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, well, Devontae Parker did his, did his work deep. His a- average depth of target was seven or eight yards deeper than Preston Williams. So maybe this says, hey, let's let's think about Preston Williams and bumping him up just a little bit, or maybe pulling Devontae Parker's stock down just a little bit on this team, um, as that's not necessarily Chan Gailey's M.O. I think Alan Hearns or, or Albert Wilson or whoever takes that third role or that slot role might also get just a little bit of a bump. Not that they're necessarily people that you're looking at uh, in fantasy anyway but those are the kind of guys that are going to be in a system that might prefer their kind of usage and so you might see their target numbers go up which can be useful as a late 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 round flyer or somebody at least on your watch list going into the season now let's talk about that run game for a minute
1: can we, can we go back to the judges here again yep what are what chan gailey Sir jay gruden but going back to my – my, I didn't even mention A.J. Green, but A.J. Green was phenomenal with, 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 with Grubb. Do you have any numbers on, on what his wide receivers did at all? For
0: the most part I, – so I started tracking um, what his wide receivers did, and I didn't do all of the years because I saw a trend in the first five or six years. Well, and and, and he's stopped. got 45 fucking years of coaching. And, and the trend that I saw was that the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two we're pretty darn close. and and Not a huge targeting. difference. There was never – it didn't in the first handful of years anyway. Nobody jumped off the page as, I am the stud on this team. It seems like it's a spread-the-ball-around offense. And if you're doing a lot of motions and a lot of underneath short-route stuff, that kind of makes sense um, because you are you got wide receivers rubbing off wide receivers, right, and there's not one – big deep threat a guy like a.j greener a lot of these studs make their nut like stand out because they get deep balls they get
1: those big plays but is that Devontae parker Devontae parker's a big play receiver i know man. so that so i'm thinking that hurts his stock i mean too bit. i think that that tells me that preston williams is probably the guy that you you'd like a
0: little bit more here you you might like preston williams a little bit more now when preston williams was playing remember their target share was pretty damn close yep. but the fact that parker's depth of target was so much deeper is the reason he finished he was finishing higher but yeah Preston Williams might be somebody who's absolutely worth taking on a chain offense. all right let's look at the run game um, so this is a zone running scheme that really relies on misdirection he is not a fan of this is a really weird thing to say and I'll tell you why it's a weird thing to say in a minute he does not seem to prefer the power run game he wants to run zone zone scheme blocking and he wants to run misdirection plays now it's a weird thing to say because the backs that were most successful under him, here's some names. Yeah. That you'll recognize something about all these names. Power backs. You got Jerome Bettis, Lamar Smith, big dude, Larry Johnson, even Chris Ivory and Matt Forte, big backs, right? So big backs. Well, and Ivory
1: for sure is a pure power back. Yeah.
0: So there's been a lot of big backs that really succeeded on this team, but he doesn't necessarily like to run the power game. So if you think about, one, he likes misdirection plays, uh, and he likes, he likes zone scheme, stretch zone screen plays. To me, between Howard and Brita, that says Brita. But if you look at the history of what back succeeded,
1: Howard is the guy that looks like the guys that have succeeded on this mm. offense. So it's confusing to me. A See, bit. to me, I don't think it's that confusing. I, I think it's more – it's not about uh, the speed back or, 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 or that or or the guy, the, the, uh, the, the burst back. I think it's more about he's so committed to the run. The guys you listed, Jerome Bettis is not a great – Drumpest just gets the ball that much. Yeah. He just beats the shit out of and, people. And
0: Howard can. We know Howard. Can Howard handle the does load.
1: that. Larry Johnson could do that. Yeah, Brita uh, can't
0: handle the workload.
1: So. Correct. So I, I think what you've told me right now is is if I have to choose running back right now, it's Howard all day long. Yeah, I like Howard. You know, I like Howard. Yeah, well, you didn't make a very good argument when we were debating Howard or Merlin back.
0: My argument was perfect when we debated Howard. but
1: So so here are my bumps
0: right now. The guys that I think get bumps on this team, Preston Williams, obviously we said it. Hearns and Wilbers, Wilson should get small bumps on this team as well. Uh, and I said both of the running backs probably get bumps from where they were before. I still believe Jordan Howard believe, belongs higher on the list than Breida does. But Breida is
1: going, Breed's going late ADP-wise, and there's some value to be had there. If, if uh, you had to make the argument right now, if, if let's just say he, he's, he, Shane Ailey's offense is assume they get 1,500 yards or 1,400 yards to that running back position. Is it 50-50 or is it 80, no, is it 75, let's say 45. it's
0: 1,400 yards. I, I'm, You know what? I'm giving at least 900 of that to Howard.
1: Probably at 900 is not enough for Howard. But if if, if Howard can get you a 1, 1,100, now it take, becomes fantasy relevant.
0: I would take Howard at 900 yards and seven touchdowns.
1: As your third running back,
0: yes. Yeah, well, that's where he's being drafted. I think we I think we were arguing over it as our fourth as our fourth yeah anyway guys that hurt uh, their stock should probably be hurt here um, fits into a both I think the quarterbacks quarterbacks don't necessarily thrive numbers wise on a Chan Gailey offense because they don't go they don't throw it very deep they don't throw it very often now there'll be some scoring opportunities in the red zone for both of these guys but the volume the volume dips. So that's concerning uh, for your quarterback, Devontae Parker. We talked about gets a dip, and I think Mike Gesicki gets a dip because I don't think he's going to be on the field as much as those Gesicki truthers out there would
1: like to see him on the field uh, for him to be as successful as they were. You're not bad. I mean, I think, I think I feel more educated on the Chang-Yale offense than I did before because I, you're right. He's been around for so long, so long. I just, I, I thought he was more of a a weird passing offense, but. No, I never, I never went through the detail to understand what it was. Not the case, but the, again, the weirdest thing
0: about this guy is that like he's had really, he's been on teams that have wins. Um, he's had really successful running backs. He's he he's his offense seems to work relatively well, but he's never held a coordinator job more than two years.
1: Which is fucked. Which the, the, there's something weird going on there, right? There's he much he's obviously someone who sits there and says yes, he understands football and does it very well. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Personality must be a pain in the ass. Okay, so those are our two coaches today. Look, we we dive deep
0: on these coaches, guys. We want to give you the best we can give you research-wise on these coaches so you have a better idea of what to do with your guys. Does this mean that you should take a guy like Devontae Parker and totally eliminate him from your list? Absolutely not, because the best coaches in the league, they change based on their personnel. Even the worst coaches in the league sometimes kind of change based on their personnel, but it certainly means... Bump or or knock down these guys a little bit in your rankings. Well, it's,
1: consider it's, it's, well, to the me, scheme. Same sort of thing. It, it, it's it's the argument of Devontae Parker's probably not worth it in the seventh round. He might be worth it in the ninth round. To me, Miles Sanders is not worth it in 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 the third round right now with all the with all the news that just came out. Yeah, I would probably at the end of the fourth round and be happy with it. But the, the, pay attention to that because there's a huge difference there. Yeah. All right, let's jump into
0: our next thing. We're going to do this one a little more. Quickly, these are our very initial rankings. They are early, these will change. We will do another ranking quarterback rankings show for you guys when we get really close to draft season, redraft, draft season. But we want to give you an early look at our top 20 at the quarterback position. Like I said at the top of the show, this is a consensus rank between the three of us here on the show. We don't all agree on every player. Wiz and I will both take one guy that we were very different from the pack on and sort of defend our stance on that guy. But uh, I think the consensus, whenever you have a multiple-person consensus, you get a better look at what you should probably be ranking these guys anyway. We kind of average out a little bit. So uh, let's dive into them. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. Number 20 on our consensus rank is Drew Locke. This is an all-or-nothing year as far as I'm concerned for Drew Locke. He's got all the weapons around him. We shall see. Derek Carr comes in at 19 here. You and I had Carr ranked lower than Wolfpack. The bottom line is he's going to go for a bunch of yards, but he's not going to throw any touchdowns because they just stopped throwing the ball. But he
1: should get the opportunity.
0: Teddy Bridgewater comes in here at 18. Um, This offense should struggle, but I think Teddy's a pretty good quarterback, and I think they'll throw it a lot, which is why I had him higher than you, but not much higher than you i think uh jimmy garoppolo comes in at our quarterback number 16 that offense is what that offense is matt stafford comes in at 15 uh, on this list
1: i have concern with stafford just because of his durability
0: he's broken his back twice already
1: yeah and it, i can't imagine that's getting better
0: i mean we've we've seen it already we saw it with uh tony romo in dallas you break your back twice it's gonna happen again
1: <laughs> once is probably going to happen again. Twice, it, it's going downhill. It's definitely going to happen again.
0: Here at 14, we got Daniel Jones. Now, I got Daniel Jones a lot higher in my rankings than uh, Wolfpack, for example, eight spots lower. But I've talked about that a little bit. We don't need to go into that right now. Kirk Cousins uh, comes in here at number 13, which is right about where all of us put him. We were pretty close on Cousins. He's going to be good, not great, probably streamable. Hey, Cousins, I was there to say the average was, was – is- one of the closer guys that we had for early rankings. Absolutely, Tom Brady comes in at our number twelve. What
1: fool ranks him that high?
0: That would be Wolfpack. Has him inside his top ten. He's buying the Tampa Bay hype. All right. He's buying the Arians hype. I'm not. He's buying the Gronk. He's Forty
1: hype. fucking three years old is I'm it? Not,
0: I am not. And split buying his that pants. Either. Yeah, you and I have him pretty close, I think, in our rankings. Aaron Rodgers here comes in at number eleven. You know, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers a handful of times, and just the the change in, in the offensive game plan with Matt LaFleur means he's tough to rank high. You don't even have him inside your top 20.
1: Uh, A-Rod? I absolutely do. He's 10.
0: Oh, because you wrote A-Rod instead of Aaron Rodgers. He's A-Rod. Know. Yeah. So you and I actually have him really close then.
1: Same with Wolfpack. Wolfpack also has him as number... Th- you, you two ranked him as number 7. I had him as number, number 10.
0: There you go. Um, above... Where are we? Aaron Rodgers. We're above, at number 10. Above Aaron Rodgers at our number 10. So we're in our top 10 quarterbacks here. This is Carson Wentz. Um, I, pr- I could have put Carson Wentz on my defend this list.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Was like,
0: was flying down that road. I could have put him in here. He's not inside my top 20 is Carson yeah, you Wentz. Yeah, could,
1: we could talk about him for a little bit.
0: I, I will. Okay, so I am concerned a little bit about the direction of this offense. I think this offense is going. So the Jalen Hurts draft pick to me says I want Jalen Hurts in there running the ball at quarterback five, six times a game. Five, six times a game is enough. It's a new element that they're bringing in here that I'm concerned about. Um, the wide, We saw what happened with the wide receivers last year. Sure, we, we talked about this already on the show, right? Um, the wide receiver core is on the down. Do plate. you
1: think they're drafting Jalen Hurts to replace Carson Wentz?
0: No, I think they're drafting him to be a quote-unquote change-of-face quarterback. Man. Which means Wentz is on the field less often.
1: Yeah, I just I think they're trying to get a decent backup because they're concerned for Wentz's long term. But they they still they still believe in Carson Wentz. You can't they, take that out. They, no,
0: yeah, he's not coming in to replace him. He's coming in to be the change of pace quarterback. And I they
1: don't you don't draft change of pace quarterbacks, but you you are willing to draft as a good a decent. We shall option. see. We shall see. Who was he?
0: Who was the court backup? in
1: Nick Foles. I mean, before the draft was it Barkley? I don't know Barkley. I mean, uh, who I the don't, fuck knows? I don't know.
0: So, so receiving options are really hurting for this kid. I think they're bringing a new element to this offense. Um, at, least be, at least before the guard injury, I thought that they were going to lean pretty heavily on the run game. They like what they have in Miles Sanders after he really came on at what point in the year? About halfway through the year. And he had a great back half of the season. Um, so I thought the passing game was going to be a decreased part of their offense just because of the situation around him. So that's where I bumped him. Part of the
1: reason why I think Carson Wentz will put up points and I have in my top 10 is because I think that that team's not going to be very good. I think we'll be playing from behind And what we see on these quarterbacks that, that on, on teams in general that are, are either from behind or that, that have to score to put, to win games, they become fantasy relevant. And I think that's what Philadelphia will be.
0: Fair arguments. This had him outside my top 20. Oh, the other thing I took away... Do you want to make that bet? The thing I took away from Do you want to make a bet? That'll be... That'll finish outside the top 20? Yeah. No. I think I have him at
1: 21. Fuck. Do you, want, do you want to make the bet and finish outside the top 15? Maybe. One more thing, though, I want to Roll say... Roll a pair.
0: One of the things... Uh, I, I'm remembering when I went back and I and I redid my... Or when I went, did my projections, one of the reasons he dropped so far down on, on my list is because um, I took away most of his... Most of his running opportunities because I think that's hurts. And Carson Wentz has made a lot of fantasy points running the ball. Well, when he was great, when he was great, his injury last season, he ran the ball quite a lot. So I took a lot of that away from him. I took rushing touchdowns away from him completely. Do you want to make that bet? Top 15? Yeah. Sure, I'll make that bet. It's a bet!
1: I just did it. It's good.
0: Well, I've muted the computer, so that might just have to fly. All right. We'll do that bet. Top 15. Um, we're we are inside our top ten. Number nine on our list here is Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. That offense is hard to deny. The line gets better. They're gonna score points. That's what they do. Between Julio and Calvin Ridley, that is some fucking impressive. So where Carson Wentz's wide receivers are fucking hurting, Matt Ryan has a has a embarrassment of riches between those two. We even saw, uh, what's his nuts, Russell Gage um, perform really well last season when he had to step in on occasion for Ridley.
1: Do you yes. have any, my only concern with him is that... I, Bring
0: in Hayden Hurst well, to replace he, he the He seems
1: to really have to rely on a def- decent offensive coordinator and an offensive line. In it, We've seen throughout his career, it has its ups and downs with him. Yeah, but last
0: year, last year, to
1: sh- to just a shitty offensive line. Where did he finish? Spot um, four.
0: Yeah. So, did he really rely on it? But no.
1: I, I think to me it goes back to that argument. You're always playing from behind. You're always putting. Them, you have to score points. That's oh, great I, fantasy. Yes. State Their state defense
0: play. is very bad. I think they will still be playing from behind plenty. Um, I know that. Is this the team that drafted only defensive players?
1: I feel like I feel like that's accurate.
0: That might be the team that, that actually managed only draft defensive players. Um, but yeah, he's he's hard to argue with when he's playing, and he, he's he's going to score points. Josh Allen is our number eight. It's the rushing work for Josh Allen. Um, we went back and forth. I don't like week.
1: Josh Allen, but you are 100% right in that. He's too, too last, much.
0: Last week, we went, Wolfpack and I kind of went back and forth. Um, he spit some some stupid-ass opinions that weren't even accurate. But he won
1: that bet, didn't he? No,
0: he didn't. I took the shot. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen last year got a lot better. You know? Did you know, speaking to Wolfpack's, this guy can't even throw it to his own team; he just turns it over. Did you know that there were only five quarterbacks that played the whole season that had more or less interceptions than Josh Allen last year? Well,
1: maybe okay, that's fine. That's an okay argument. I it's a great fucking argument.
0: To his two percent, his, his accuracy
1: is not good. So there, there's a I difference. Mean, it though. came
0: up almost seven whole percentage points from last season. If he can, if he can throw it around sixty percent accuracy. Guy doesn't need to throw the ball a whole bunch to score points. Now the only concern that you have to have is Zach Moss coming in to take away maybe some of his rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen's because he had nine last year and what seven the year pro.
1: You should be happy if he gets you six, though. You should be happy.
0: Fuck if he gives you five, I'm fucking happy. If he goes five and he goes for another 550 yards, 600 yeah. yards, fuck yes. That's why.
1: That's why he's in our top ten.
0: He's in our top ten. That's why he's in front of it for for. for. a A rod drew Brees comes in at our number seven do you
1: have any concern that this is too high for him
0: no no when he came in last year uh and played what was it eight games and threw 24 touchdowns that's like a 40 plus touchdown pace like his his statistical numbers at the end of the season even though he missed that much time was better than a lot of quarterbacks that played all year like he's so good so accurate has such a good offense that he's played in for so long, he could do it in his sleep. Uh, they're bringing in new weapons for him all the time. Like I have zero concerns about Drew Brees is one of the safest bets in my mind. Safe, to yes. Top you, you, ten,
1: yes. Top ten, yes. Yes. Um, I, I I have a concern that either knowing this is his last year, Peyton might just have him just throw the ball all the time in the red zone, and just, just pad up his stats. Might. Or we're just trying to win the, the game for Drew to, to win the Super Bowl. I don't know which way direction it's gonna go. Either way. He should be in the top ten all day long though. I'm Easy. not sure tr- I mean I, I I guess
0: my only he con- is one of my favorite late round
1: steals. My because cons- goes so late. But my concern though is is that he's in front of Josh Allen, Matt Matty Ice, Wentz, Rodgers. I mean, he's in front of all of these guys. Yeah. He should be. I guess, you, you. when I did my rankings, I was like, I, I, I guess I have to put him this high.
0: He has, yes, he has as good a chance as any of those guys to finish. I mean, his ceiling's probably five, like, I think the top four are pretty much set in stone. But his ceiling is right there, That's that's he's awesome. Number six, um, above him, Kyler Murray, now, I believe Kyler Murray's going to do better than number six. Where would um, Kyler Murray finish last year? You've got him at number six, I think he finished right
1: around six. Yeah, 5, 6, 7. Right in that range. range.
0: Um, now, Wolfpack ranked him down here at 10. When I asked him why, he said, I think he's going to regress. That was his entire argument.
1: The, the problem here is that he picked up the number two wide receiver on his team. Or in the NFL, sorry. The number two wide receiver in the NFL. He, he picked up to, to go to his team. He still has he's, he has two Hall of Famers playing for him now in the wide receiver position. Backed up by, by God knows how many good wide receivers. Yeah. No. Um, and you know Ryan Gosling likes to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't see how he finishes outside the top five.
0: He's going to be so good. He's going to be so good. So he finishes, he finished right where he finished last year, around six. And the biggest issue with this team was they had a hard time scoring touchdowns. They yeah. had a hard time finishing drives. That has to get better this year.
1: Well, now you have, you, you have Nuke who who doesn't, honestly, his catching rate is not that impressive. He drops the ball a lot. He has a lot of contested, weird. He's getting double teamed, but you also have Fitzy, which impresses me on this. So yeah. I, I just, I, I, I don't see, I don't see a, any possibilities not outside. I have him at four. You have him at four. I have him six. And
0: he's that my top tier quarterbacks are my top four quarterbacks. And to be honest, I think Kyler Murray has as good a chance as any of the other three to finish number one.
1: Whew. Uh... We'll get to number one. That's why um, they're in a tier together. We'll get to number one, but our number one is so damn good, I'm not sure how he... he... Pretty, pretty well separated.
0: Um, all right, so above Kyler at number five is Deshaun Watson. Now, I have to talk about this one a little bit. I've I, I talked to you about this one a little bit. You've got Watson ranked as your number two quarterback, which seems so high to me. And I have him as my 13, which seems he'll probably come up, obviously, from 13 before the end. But my initial projections have him at 13. So I'll tell you a little bit why, about why I faded him so much. Um, first of all, Deshaun Watson ran for seven rushing touchdowns last season, okay? Six of those came from inside the five-yard line. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, the two running backs on this team, if you look at, well, you can't really look at the numbers for Duke Johnson because he doesn't have a career's worth of numbers of trying, but Carlos Hyde is one of the least efficient rushing uh, running backs inside the five-yard line in his career. He's, not, he's a terrible goal linebacker, always has been, even in San Francisco, when he was a stud, running back, fantasy-wise, he could never get it done inside the goal line. In fact, under Bill O'Brien, Houston has never had a good goal line running back. Never. Alfred Blue? God, no. Um, so, So the biggest take for me when I was doing this, right off the bat, is I took a lot of those away because David Johnson comes in here, and every year that David Johnson's played... Um, his his success rate inside the five yard line has been top four. His career success rate inside the top inside the five yard line is top four of any player playing today. Um, he's great. He's a great goal line back. Uh, so so they they solve one of their problems there. I think. They don't need Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson scored all those. If you remember watching any of those, every time he scored, I said to myself or my wife or whoever was sitting there, that guy just wants to win more than anybody else. He will do whatever it takes. Well, he doesn't have to do that now. He can hand it off to a guy that knows how to get it See, done. See, I'm
1: going to argue with that a little bit. He just lost, we just said, the number two wide receiver in the NFL. Right,
0: we're going to get there. This, I'm only talking about his rushing work and his rushing touchdown work. Fair enough,
1: but, but the, like you said, the guy wants to win and will do anything to win. Yeah. That's why I had him in, in, in my top five.
0: Well, so my other concern is this, right? He's, I think he's going to lose some rushing touchdown numbers. Sure. He still scrambles. They don't really like to give him a lot of designed runs, but he scrambles a lot, which is why he gets sacked a lot, because he holds onto the ball a lot. You know, in our our flexual frustration, obviously, 13 feels about right because you lose a point per sack, but uh, that's not the norm. The other issue has to be DeAndre Hopkins. He is a quarterback's best friend. He increases your completion percentage by three or four percent. Easy because he's got an insane catch radius. One and two because you can throw it to him when he's covered, and he will push his coverage guy off of him, and then all of a sudden he's open, and he never gets to never gets a flag thrown on him. That's just kind of the way it goes.
1: I think you you give DeAndre Hopkins the, best of the doubt there. His his catching efficiency is pretty weak.
0: So in two thousand eighteen, according to PFF um he caught every single catchable ball he had zero drops every single catchable ball and half of his uncatchable balls in 2018 i don't know about last year's numbers i did not looked at that
1: well but, let me uh, tell you what he did last year okay we didn't ask his efficiency total target distance He's number eight overall average target distance 10.6 number 62 cushion number nine number 95 overall Target, yeah, he never has a cushion, but that's t- why he pushes. T- target separation: one point three nine. Number seventy-two drops four. Number forty-two drop rate: two point seven percent. Number eighty-three contested catch rate: forty-six point two. It's number sixteen. Yeah, he's he can't get open a little bit. Okay, he's a big receiver. What is true
0: catch rate on there? When you look at that? Is that player profile?
1: Eighty-eight point one percent. So so he's number sixteen. Yeah, but he, but he's not top ten.
0: Not last year.
1: No. But over his career. Over his career, yeah, but he's, he's a little bit older now. Oh, shut the fuck up.
0: Point is, you lose you lose DeAndre Hopkins, and the replacements, all the guys that they brought in to replace DeAndre uh, Hopkins, come. there is no X. There is no X wide receiver. There is no wide receiver one on this team. Brandon Cooks. There's a bunch of complementary pieces. That, that, to me, hurts as a passing quarterback when you don't have a guy that can take the coverage, get open no matter what. Part of the reason... Um, Deshaun Watson holds on to the ball so long; it's because he knows eventually Hopkins is going to find a way to get open. There's not a guy like that on this team anymore, so that that it hurts his passing stuff. I think they're going to they're going to dedicate themselves to the run a little more. They've always they've always had a decently high run volume on this team. I think they're going to do that a little more. Look at the money; they're paying this guy ten million dollars that they brought in in trade. They're going to give it to him. They're going to give it to him inside the red zone. All this says less volume for Deshaun Watson. Um, less less rushing volume, less rushing touchdowns, and it, he just has to fall. But he let me
1: has let me uh, disagree with you. A rod in his prime never ranked outside the top five. You just couldn't do it in his prime. Yeah. Okay. You would say the same thing about Peyton May. did not matter who his receivers. Say the same thing about Drew Brees. When these guys are in their prime, and I think Deshaun Watson's in that same category. He just knows how, he's willing to do what it takes to win. His defense isn't good enough. He's, he has to put up points. I said it before. His defense has fallen off. Fa- is, his defense has fallen off? He's got, this guy is this team? He's going to will his team to win? Keep in mind, I, I I like Bill O'Brien. I don't know why. I don't think he's a great coach. He's an okay coach at best, but but you have to you like, like Deshaun because, Watson. I like
0: him because he's the only one from the Bill Belichick coaching tree to ever beat Bill Belichick.
1: Partial. Well, that and that he's the only guy that's still coaching in the yeah. NFL, uh, uh, that, that coaching tree. Um, but... I, I think Deshaun Watson, I can't disagree with you on the whole Hopkins leaving and rushing touchdowns going away. I just don't see how this guy finishes outside of the top five. It's yeah. not really realistic to me.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, that might be the case. I, like I said, he, he's going to end up higher than 13 on my list. I'm assuming he's going to end up lower than two on your list, but somewhere between that is probably where he Do you will... want bet
1: to bet he goes top five?
0: No, I, we'll see where, yeah, I don't think he's going to go top five. You want to take that bet? I will take that bet, Yes! Yeah. Oh! Which one of these is the pizza bet? Uh, we'll have to decide that. I don't know. All right. We'll figure that out later. Let's move up to our number four here. Um, this is Russell Wilson. He is either four or five for all of us. I don't think there's a lot to talk about. He's good.
1: Um, Consistency is, is what you, you answer here.
0: He's just good. He's, he's wildly consistent. Even though he doesn't get the volume, he's wildly consistent year in, year out. Game in and game out. Dak Prescott is our number three who... I actually have as my number two. I have him ahead of Lamar Jackson this year. There's nothing wrong with the way this offense is going. I expect really big things from the offense, and Dak is going to be a big part of that for me. Lamar Jackson's our number two um, because he can't go 9% touchdown rate again, right? No. They bring in extra running backs. You have to imagine his 1,200 yards um, knocks down just a little bit. Do you know the best rushing quarterback in the history of the NFL is? Sava. Mike Vick. Ooh. Easily. Mike Vick's career averaged 50 yards a game, which is insane. It's so much higher than any other quarterbacks. Um, Lamar Jackson averaged 75 yards a game last year. Regression toward the best ever. Um, that's just going to happen.
1: Regression is going to happen here. All the, My other concern here is, does he have the ability to throw the ball?
0: I mean, he just learned how to hold an NFL football. So Do you think so? Of, he, I don't think he, no. I, he can throw it. He and he was really quite accurate last year, I considering. Know, but
1: there were times he only threw the ball ten times.
0: Yeah, he doesn't throw it a lot. He doesn't want to throw it a lot. I think defenses are going to Roman
1: pl- doesn't want to throw the ball a lot.
0: Defenses are going to play them differently. Watch for a lot of spies, which I think matters. I mean, Lamar Jackson can outrun most people, but um, spies make a difference. Uh, watch, watch J.K. Dobbins coming in with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, and just taking more of the rushing work away. I think Harbaugh's a smart enough coach not to just say, "Hey, let's just keep running Lamar every play." You know, I think he goes from 176 carries down to 125 next year.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely realistic. They drafted J.K. Dobbins. Yes, Num- they're ha. going to give him the ball.
0: Ha. The third or fourth. Gus right
1: Edwards is not going away, and Ingram's still there. Why give? Why make Lamar Jackson carry the ball like that?
0: They don't have to. They don't don't have to. And Harbaugh's smart enough to recognize that, I think. Now, should they get in trouble in a game? Yeah, maybe he'll take over and do all the work himself. Sure. But I don't see that happening often because it's still going to be a very good team. Yep. Our number one is Patrick Mahomes. Not a lot to say there. Now, the only concern you have is, I, I read this stat on Twitter. I haven't verified it myself. Um. But after he came back from his injury, apparently his his pace after that would have put him somewhere around quarterback nine. But we have seen enough, I think, from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the way this team is built. Plus, the, the only new pieces of this offense they bring in is an excellent pass-catching running back. Like, it's hard not to love.
1: It's everything. not hard to... It's hard not to envision... I'm not sure why you'd bet against Patty Mahomes.
0: That's what I'm saying. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray, to me, all have a pretty fair chance of finishing one. They all have about the same chance of finishing one. I, I don't one. think Wilson can. Wilson's my five. That's where my tier two starts. He can't because while he's consistent as fuck, he's he doesn't great. have the top-end crazy yes. game potential that somebody's got because he doesn't throw the ball
1: enough. Yeah, And Ma- he doesn't run it enough like Lamar. Mahomes, you're going to see you're gonna see two or two, three games where he's throwing five, six touchdowns. Yes, sir. Guaranteed. Wilson will not do that. At best, he's giving you three, four touchdowns. That's a ceiling. Yeah. yeah. But I love
0: the consistency.
1: Yeah. So that's our – that's our t- oh, you know what? You never defended your position, did you? You didn't ask me to.
0: I, I'm going to ask you to now. Let's drop back down to number 17 on, on our list. This is Baker Mayfield. Number 18 for me. Number 20 for the Wolfpack. But the Big Wiz has ranked this guy – you said it yourself. The quarterback 30 last year. You've got him at 11. Can you tell the people why they should buy in on Baker Mayfield? Mind you, I saw Baker Mayfield, the fourth quarterback taken in a dynasty draft I just did. Is that, That's hot. That's, you, even you can say that's too fucking hot.
1: Well, it's, well, I don't know. Last year, he was being drafted as, as, as top three. One or three. two? Yeah, yes. I mean, he was a top three quarterback. Um, this is a guy who... We just said it. with The stat of the week. This is the guy who... Led all rookies in touchdowns thrown at twenty-seven. This is what I know with Baker Mayfield is he lost Joe Thomas going into last year. Okay, he lost one of the best ta- left tackles in the game. He w- he looked terrible at at numerous times last year, but going into this year, this is what I like. He still has one of the best receiving cores. With Odell Beckham, is not he's not a great fantasy receiver. He's a great receiver though. The guy can catch the ball. Landry is good and they bring in Austin Hooper. Put put Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There are so many options that surround Baker Mayfield. I just can't see a reason why Baker Mayfield can't succeed with that much talent around him. They also, this team invested heavily in the offensive line to protect Baker, okay? They brought in people, they drafted people, and they brought in a quarter, they brought in a, a new head coach. Who I believe understands what it's going to take to help out a, a a a less of a phenomenal quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. He never will be. But he has a talent around him. He has the, the potential of a huge amount of points. Um, I'll say this, this is a little preview of our coaching episode when we get
0: to the AFC North. But Sure it will be. The guy that drafted Baker so high was a Browns fan, obviously. Um, but when we when we called him on it, he said, "Look, Stefanski's bread and butter, fucking money move, is the play action pass. He does it more than anybody else, and he does it more successfully than anybody else." And going back to college, Baker Mayfield's best throw, play action, is on play action
1: by a. It's, not, it's not close. Okay. The other thing I would say here is, um, Kirk Cousins looked awful in the first quarter of the season. Last year, the first games one through four, we talked about we we had Stefan Diggs on our fantasy t- team, and he was terrible until week four. Yep. Um, but Kirk Cousins still had a decent finish at, at fifteen. Baker Mayfield has the potential with with all those weapons I just gave you, and he this new offensive line and a new coaching staff to finish at, around that top ten. That's why that's the reason I put him up there.
0: All right. I mean, it's a lot of the same arguments we heard last year. There's so many weapons; it's hard not to believe. Um, even the coach coming in last year, we saw him be successful with Baker with a new coach. Coming no, no. In.
1: Freddie Kitchens was success- Freddie Kitchens was the offense coordinator when he threw 27 touchdowns. Yeah, I, I, I think the problem here is that Freddie Kitchens couldn't control the team. He couldn't control so Got many off. parts of it. Yes and so, Baker Mayfield never progressed. Baker Mayfield looked terrible. There were times he just missed. Miss open Odell Beckham. It, it, it was easy to say, it is
0: easy to say, because it's true, has to be true, that part of Baker's problem was a team culture problem last oh, yeah. year. Freddie Kitchens couldn't, like you said, handle the team. So what do they do? They go out and hire another brand new first year head coach. There's something to be said for experience. Maybe Stefanski's just better at it. You hope. But, but experience as a head coach is really the only way you learn how to be able to manage these. Because look, there's a lot of divas in the NFL. Odell Beckham is one of them, but there are a lot of them, and and experience managing these guys is what you need. I think Stefanski, for all of his accolades as an offensive mind, probably not the right hire. I think we're going to see that again this year. But look, um, interesting. So the enough, question
1: here is though: Is he as bad? I have a heart. I mean, we're playing fantasy, folks. So to me, uh, again, I, I, I'm buying into to a very the potential here. It's not. It's not because his floor is terrible.
0: Bad bad, bad, bad. His
1: floor is bad. Thirty, we're doing thirty. I mean, like he, he could be worse than backups here. Yes. Um, that's how bad he could be. But again, if you're willing to roll the dice, it's not a bad guy to buy into. So, a couple of
0: early interesting numbers off Player Profiler about him last year. Um, obviously not incredibly accurate. Not incredibly accurate in a lot of things. Even. Even in the uh, terrible games, terrible, sixty-seven percent in the play action was fifteenth best. Fifty <clears> percent <throat> red zone completion. No, nope, sorry, forty-one percent red zone completion. But he was the number four in quote unquote money throws. Money throws are on a line. No, money throws are throws that quote. Reco- I'm telling you, reading it from the website, pass that requires exceptional skill or athleticism as well as critical throws executed in clutch moments. So that is interesting. That tells you ceiling. Then you turn around on the very next stat as he was, he had the fifth most interceptable passes in the league last year. So Baker
1: was, but there's no argument to be had here. He was terrible last year.
0: Let me ask you this. I mean, he's right at the top in danger plays too. Let me make a comparison and you tell me what you think about this comparison. Yeah. Um, as a guy that just doesn't give a shit, he's just going to get out there and sling it.
1: Does that remind you at all of Jay Cutler? Reminds you of Jay Cutler. Reminds you of Brett Favre. It reminds you of all those guys. I think you need you. The difference here is you need a, you need a quarterback or a, a, sorry a head coach who's committed to sit there and say, "I'm going to run the ball because of, of the players I have with the, the Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt it doesn't matter to me, and I have this quarterback over here that that that's good enough with the play action and, and can and can run around and and sling it. Yeah, to that point,
0: all the right ingredients. Are here to make a delicious cake. Yeah. But if if you let a fucking toddler mix them together, it ain't going to look like cake. Oh, cake. it'll look like shit. So we'll see. We'll see. This is a big we'll see, and I'm not taking the risk at all. That's why he's my, he's my 18. I admit that he has a potential ceiling.
1: Well, I would not tell any of our, our listeners here right seat. now to draft him as your number one quarterback. It'd be a hard, hard argument to make.
0: So you got him at eleven. You wouldn't draft him as the eleventh quarterback off the board, but that's where you feel like he'll a good shot. He'll finish. Yeah,
1: I guess my point here is again, super flex, folks. I would take Baker Mayfield with with the hope he returns to Kirk Cousins last year, and I'd be I'd be satisfied with that.
0: It's a good moment for uh, a public service announcement here. This goes for us, but I believe it goes for anybody out there that makes fantasy football rankings. There is a difference between where you rank a player, and where you would draft a player. When we're making our rankings, we're making our best predictions on where they might finish, but a lot more goes into where you're willing to draft a player than just your best guess as to where they might finish. So I'm telling you right now that Watson's my QB 13. I would draft him higher than that. You're saying Baker's your QB 11 in your rankings, but you wouldn't draft him that high. There's a difference between rankings and... You might even call them draft rankings. There's just different things that go into it. So remember that anytime you look at rankings, if you're just printing off a rankings page for your draft cheat sheet, <laughs> that's not probably the best. Use resource.
1: that only on a list of players. list so of players. That's what you use that for. All
0: right, that's it. We're done here with quarterbacks. Next week, we're going to, you know, we mentioned it last week. We started that Dynasty League, the, the three of us, you, me, and Bullfrog.
1: Together as a show. And Wolfpack. We're going to break... He had nothing to do with it. Yeah, he did. He gave me an insight. The whole time I was talking to you guys, I was was texting you guys. That's what took you so long
0: to respond? (laughs) Um, We're going to break down that draft for you, how it was drafting with three people, first of all. We're going to talk about some of the dipshits in the league that drafted like assholes and how we tried to navigate those murky waters in a dynasty startup we might even have one or two of them call in for a couple of minutes to explain their their douchebaggery to us we'll see i don't know is we'll it see.
1: possible to explain it
0: yeah i don't you know i don't know if we have time after that we might hit you with our top 20 of another position we'll see who knows time will tell uh which is too fucking wild to predict at this point you got any words of wisdom lessons of the no week? i
1: had a tough day I had a tough day at work. So just turn off the microphone. People are idiots. Work sucks. That's what I would tell people today. Yeah.
0: All right. Look, we're done. So you can fuck off. I gotta go to bed and, and heal my throat because you might be able Too to. Too many blowjobs. It, it hurts. Yeah. You know what? I shoved that dick so deep that it just tore my throat to pieces. Froggies? No. Yeah. His doesn't go that deep. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.